Welcome back, friends, to another episode of Healthy Lifestyle Solutions podcast with your host, Maya Acosta. And today is Monday, so this is another segment of Doctor Doctor in in the the house. House. All right, with Dr. Rizwan Bukhari. Friends, today we're diving into our recent adventure in the mesmerizing city of Cancun, Mexico. Now, if you've been following us on social media, you would know that we have been to Mexico recently. And we thought that for this segment, Dr. Riz, instead of focusing on something sort of medical or clinical, uh, that we would talk about just what we did in Cancun, because there might be people that are wondering, like, what can I do in Cancun? Um can I eat plant-based? What adventures uh, adventures are happening there? So we will discuss from its world-famous turquoise waters and pristine beaches to its rich cultural heritage and thriving adventures. Cancun has something for everyone. So in this episode, we'll take you on a virtual journey as we uncover the hidden gems, explore the underwater wonders, savor the vibrant flavors and immerse ourselves in the enchanting stories that make Cancun an unforgettable destination. So fasten your seatbelts, dear listeners, as we embark on a captivating exploration of Cancun's beauty, history, and adventure-filled experiences. Let's get started. This is the Healthy Lifestyle Solutions Podcast, and I'm your host, Maya Acosta. If you're willing to go with me, together we can discover how simple lifestyle choices can help improve our quality of life and increase our longevity in a good way. Let's get started. All right, dear friends, we're going to talk to you about some of the things that we did in those nine days that we were in Cancun. Let's first start off with Dr. Is telling us why Cancun is a destination for him. So I, I love Cancun. We've been going uh, as a family uh, with my girls for many, many years. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's close. There's direct flights from Dallas, which makes it very easy for us. Um, and so therefore, it's just a little bit over two hours. And so, you know, when you're planning a, uh, an exotic uh, beach vacation, uh, when it's just two hours away and in the same time zone. So, you know, it's easily accessible. It's, uh, it's, it's in the Caribbean. It's got great water. It's got great weather. Uh, so Cancun for me uh, is uh, a great destination. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you just said it in terms of the convenience when it comes to how long it takes to get there from Dallas where we are. Also, um, it is a timeshare that you've had for a long time. So it's always the same place, which is consistent. And it also has a kitchen. Yes, absolutely. So which is very convenient for us uh, being plant based and and very, very uh, specific about our diet. It makes it easier for us because we can go shopping, get some food and and cook a lot of our meals uh, at home. Yes. All right, friends. So there you have it. That's one of the reasons why Dr. Is likes going to Cancun. Before we continue talking about Cancun, I want to give you guys some dates because there are a few things that are coming up and people get information about what we're doing through our podcast, our social media. Sometimes I go live, lots of things happening, but I want to, um, all right, friends, if you know about our walks, I just want to remind you that the next walk we have is September 16th. Uh, you can always learn about that information. Just go to our social medias, Dr. Riz Bukhari 
I'll put it in the show notes, but you can always find out about our walks if you're local. This walk will be again at North Park Mall. And then the following weekend, we have something special that we've never done before with our group. And so do you want to talk about it, Dr. Riss? Yeah, I think it's a great idea. Actually, uh, Maya hatched this idea. We're going to be going uh, camping. Uh, She uh, spread the word out that we wanted a small group to go. And, uh, uh, you know, we had a lot of people who were very interested in so I think right now we have about 12 or 13 people going, including us. Mm-hmm. And so we're going camping from Friday to Sunday at a, a campsite fairly close to the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Uh, and I'm very excited about it. Yeah, exactly. So one of the things that I wanted to do, Dr. Riz, is since we talk a lot about lifestyle medicine, we have a walking group in WhatsApp. Uh, we also have a meetup group. And so what I thought would be nice is to come come together as a community and just enjoy each other's company because we know that lifestyle medicine not only encourages physical activity, but building healthy relationships. And also, I'm a strong believer that nature is medicine. And so spending time together uh, would, would be a really nice combination. Now, we have given people the option uh, to participate in a potluck on Saturday, which will be plant-based because that's how we eat. But not everybody in the group is whole food, plant-based or vegan. Um, but what my goal is, is not to exclude anyone or to force uh, I, our dietary choices on anyone. We want to continue to build community regardless. So I'm really excited about that. September 22nd through the 24th. That's a Friday all the way through the 24th. And I'm hoping that we can do more of these in the future. Yeah, they're actually, you know, we we tried to plan this a little bit ahead of time because campsites uh, fill up quickly, but there might still be some sites available. So if someone's interested, uh, please, please let us know. Yeah, exactly. All right. So those are some of the things that are coming up this month. Um, at the end of the month, we're actually headed out of town for your daughter's white coat ceremony. Mm-hmm. Yep, we absolutely are. How exciting, huh? So what exactly is a white coat ceremony? Well, you know, this is not something that existed when I was a medical student, but I think I've, you know, I've heard about it more recently. Uh, it is kind of a rite of passage. Uh, the young medical students in their first year uh, actually have a ceremony where they, you know, they call their name, they go up on stage and uh, they put on their white doctor's coat, uh, which, you know, you know, I think that's pretty cool. I remember when I got my first white doctor's coat and I was really proud. There was no ceremony involved, but I was really excited. And, you know, look at me, I'm wearing my white doctor's coat. Oh, I'm a doctor. And, you know, and what's really, really cool about this is that uh, since I am a doctor, I actually get to go up on stage and put the coat on my daughter. Oh, my God. I didn't know that part. Oh, that makes me emotional already. I feel like ever since and we're talking about his uh, second daughter, Yasmin. Uh, we don't talk about the girls often on the podcast, but she got accepted into medical school and she just started a few weeks ago, if not last month or so. Yeah, she's been it's been about a month. Yeah. Since I met her, she's always said she wanted to be a doctor. So to see that this is really happening, it's incredible to me. And and the fact that, okay, you're a physician, your daughter's going to be a fourth generation doctor. But I'm not in medicine. I don't have a background in medicine. I do interview physicians on the podcast, but it's extra meaningful just in general that another doctor is coming into the family. Yep. It's very exciting. Yeah. 
Very nice. All right, friends. So just wanted to fill you in on some of the things that are happening in our lives. Okay, let's get back to our trip in Cancun. Um, where should we start? Well, let's just start from the beginning. Okay. I want to say that I prepared really hard to not be hungry on this trip. And that's always like the main thing that I focus on is planning. So I was very busy a week before we headed out and I was going down my list of, you know, some of the possible meals that I would be cooking there because at the, at the room we do have a kitchen, a kitchenette. So I prepared with that. Um, you know, I took some non-perishables. I took some, you know, like the cutting board and a knife and uh, an extra suitcase with foods so that I would not be hungry. But it turned out that this time around, I think it was Rosie, someone, a friend of ours from here in the Dallas area told me about a grocery store because I originally told her that we shop at Walmart, which is in the central part of Mexico, I mean, of Cancun. And she told me, you know, there's another grocery store. So I did my research and we went into the grocery store and oh my God, the selection was incredible. And I realized I didn't have to travel with as much as I did. So Maya did prepare well ahead of time and took a lot of stuff uh, that made our meal preparation life a lot easier. But the first thing we typically do is, you know, we get our we, I always rent a car now. I've become quite comfortable driving there. And that, that car is quite affordable and it gives us a lot of freedom to go exploring. So we, because we don't like to just stay at the uh, uh, resort itself, but we like to explore. We've gone to towns in the middle of the Yucatan. We've gone to other, we've gone to Tulum and Playa. So anyway, we get our car uh, and then we go and check in at the resort uh, or timeshare. Uh, and then typically, Typically on the same day or that evening, we go to the grocery store. Mm -hmm. And in the past, that has been Walmart, uh, which is a pretty pretty significant drive from where we are in the hotel zone all the way to Centro, uh, the, uh, in the central part of Cancun, the real city. And, you know, we would stock up on groceries. Uh, and so, you know, that is the first step. And this time we did discover, uh, by a little bit by quite by accident, mm -hmm. um, a nice supermarket right there, probably a mile, mile and a half from where we're staying, mm -hmm. um, very accessible. And it was just a wonderful place. I'll mm -hmm. let Maya tell you more about it. Right. So I'm going to say it in Spanish. And if I remember, I'll put it in the show notes. But in Spanish, the name is Selecto, like selecting or select, Selecto Chadrawi. And it's the name, the family name. So it's C-H-E-D-R-A-U-I. And there are several uh, um, businesses under that name and other uh, grocery stores throughout Mexico under that family name. And it's sort of located near the entertainment district. And the way that we organize ourselves, I, I really like the system that Riz and I have when we travel, which is Riz does all of the travel arrangements ahead of time. So he'll arrange the flights, the rental and activities, especially if there's like scuba diving involved. And I do sort of the rest of the planning in terms of meal planning and gadgets that we need. Of if we're going to go like snorkeling, I'll take the snorkels or sunblock and stuff like that. And then, of course, I always travel with a carry-on that will include like some sandwiches or something that we can eat. So that's sort sort of how we split responsibilities. And so Riz makes it very easy for us to travel because of the uh, all the arrangements are done by the time we arrive. All right, let's instead I'm not going to go day by day. I thought what we would do is cover some of the highlights of our trip. 
I would say that I had a really nice time this time around. And it's mainly because I didn't work as much. And um, I was telling my my life coach that I did not take a book on this trip. And she was like, really? And I was like, well, I, I read all the time. That's what I do. I, I'm always reading. So for vacation, I decided not to take a book. We had a great mix of what I call downtime and, and then some activities. And for me, downtime is just hanging out at the pool or hanging out at the beach, swimming, uh, you know, both in the pool and the beach, hitting the hitting the hot tub. That's what I call downtime, you know, just relaxing, uh, enjoying the sun, uh, that kind of stuff. And then, you know, a nice mix then with some activities. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we did a few things uh, such as, uh, you know, a nice show. Uh, we went diving. Uh, we took a day trip. So, you know, and I'm sure we're going to talk about all those things, but, and then we, you know, and so we were able to intersperse all that stuff. That's and then something I like to say is that I also created in my own mind, uh, something, what I call rainy day activities, uh, which for me meant, you know, I got an opportunity to, uh, hit the gym and, mm. and in a, in a, in a kind of a really pampering way, instead of just hitting the gym in and out, um, I got to take my time there. Mm-hmm. And speaking of rainy day events or activities, we really planned this out nicely because we got most of our adventures done before the rain came. We did have about three days in a row of overcast, rainy, sprinkling days where you thought, well, if you, we're not going to go to Isla Mujeres, for example, on this particular day, or it's just going to be raining the whole time. Right. Um, in fact, the, the rain we got was the beginnings of a hurricane. Uh, which was forming off the coast of the Yucatan between where we were uh, and Cuba. Uh, and then that hurricane, I think, was called Idalia, which then went straight north and, and just recently hit uh, Florida. Mm-hmm. And by the way, so I should have said this at the beginning uh, to all our listeners, but if you're in the States, happy Labor Day. <laughs> so <laughs> if you're listening on va- while you're on vacation, we hope that you're having a good time. Uh, one of the things that I'd like to do in the future is I have I have had this desire for a long time. When we travel, I want to connect with local people and just experience life that way rather than just being on vacation from people. Because we do we do, you know, disconnect from people when we travel. Um, all right. So let's talk about uh, how we changed it up this year. We thought we were going to go to Cenotes which are those like diving, swimming pools, natural. Uh, I don't know if you could explain it better, but we thought we were going to go to Cenotes to dive this time around, and we didn't make it to a single one. However, we did something we had never done before together, which was we went to Isla Mujeres for the day. Yeah, um, I think I'd been to Isla Mujeres maybe 15 years ago uh, on one of my Cancun trips, uh, and uh, so it's been a long time. And, and when I was thinking about what we can do, I really thought that it would be nice to take a day trip there because I've heard a lot of nice stuff about it. Yeah. Okay. So we went to Isla Mujeres, which was uh, adventurous in the sense that we had never done this together. We still had a little bit of rain. It was the day before we returned to Dallas. Um, so it's amazing. It was extra hot, very hot. Uh, and then, but I enjoyed swimming in the ocean and the two beaches that we went to. The beaches were on the north side and on the uh, west side of the island. Uh, and uh, so they weren't on the uh, east side or the Atla- uh, Atlantic side. And so the surf is much lighter. Uh, and in, and it was a much lighter surf than w- even what we experienced uh, in Cancun at our hotel. 
So it was just uh, very comfortable. Just the water was just gently lapping up on the shore. There wasn't a whole lot of surf pushing you around and sucking you under. And uh, so you could kind of just really relax and enjoy yourself. What would you say is the distance from Cancun to Isla Mujeres on a boat? Or just in general, what's the distance? Yeah, I don't know exactly how far. It's not far at all. You can, I mean, you can actually see it. Um, and the ferry ride uh, is only about 20 minutes. And so I'm just going to guess it's probably three miles, four miles at the okay. most. All right. Yeah. That's pretty good to know. So Isla Mujeres is a beautiful island located in the Caribbean Sea, just off the coast of Cancun, Mexico. It's a popular tourist destination known for its natural beauty, vibrant culture, and a variety of activities for visitors to enjoy. Here's what people typically do when they visit the isla. Beach relaxation, which we both did. Uh, isla Mujeres boasts stunning beaches with powdery white sand and crystal clear waters. Playa Norte, which is the one uh, you were just talking about, is particularly famous for its calm and shallow waters, making it perfect for swimming, sunbathing, and enjoying the picturesque sunset. There's also water sports like snorkeling, scuba diving, swimming with the dolphins, and nearby is the underwater museum called Musa. And we will talk about our underwater experience pretty soon. Uh, there's also the golf cart exploration. So visitors, they rent a golf cart and you, you know, you use it to explore the island. What is, what would you say is the distance across or the length of the actual island? I think the island's about four and a half miles long. Okay. Because we started in, we were closer to north. Yeah, we were almost at the north end. Yes. Okay. And that's, then, where, the, that's where the ferry arrives. Okay. Once we started, you know, driving south, I realized, wow. I mean, if you do this by foot with the heat and sometimes the rain is <laughs> treacherous, uh, you can do it if you enjoy walking. We saw some people cycling the island. Yeah, I don't think you could really comfortably walk the entire island back and forth in one day and then also really experience it. You'd just be walking the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and biking might be one way to do it, but I think they've really got, you know, they've got something going and they got the right idea with the golf carts. Although you and I did discuss it would be nice if they would uh, switch to electric golf carts rather than gas powered carts. Right. I thought they were electric in initially. So we started off the day there at the East Light with um, at a restaurant, really nice restaurant. I already forgot the name. Um, Moga Agua. Yeah, Moga Agua. Moga Agua. And we had a nice vegan plant-based breakfast. Mm -hmm. I think they have, they serve breakfast till like noon. So I had like enchiladas verdes and a green juice. I forgot what you had. I had uh, potatoes and a fruit plate. Oh, yes, because you were not that hungry. And a lot of times we share our meal. But I, I really enjoy that. Um, that was a, a beautiful and, experience. And then you also had a nice uh, green smoothie. That's right. I had a green smoothie. So I see that there's a turtle farm on the Isla. Have you ever visited? No, I didn't know there was one. Yeah. It says that what is Tortu Granja, which is a turtle farm, is a conservation facility where you can learn about sea turtles and see them up close. It's a great place for families and animal enthusiasts. We do know that at the resort where we stay, there's a conservation area like a nursery. I mm -hmm. think in Spanish it's like a nursery. So the turtles don't uh, come up and lay their eggs in any organized fashion. So, they, you know, they're coming up uh, 
all the time all over the beach and coming up and laying their eggs. So these conservationists who are trying to help uh, preserve the turtle population fi- find the eggs and dig them up, uh, or the, the nest, so to speak, uh, and they dig them up and then they take them over to this protected fenced area where they bur- rebury them uh, and then they, they, they date the buried areas so that they know when they're going to hatch. And then when they hatch, they harvest the... Uh, the baby turtles, and then they release them back to sea at night. Yeah, and, and we've we've seen them doing that, uh, and which is just absolutely fascinating. And we've even uh, been fortunate enough to see some of the mama turtles coming up onto oh, the beach yes. at night uh, and uh, digging their trails, and then digging a hole uh, where they lay their eggs. In fact, on Isla Mujeres, when we stopped on the east coast, uh, on the rougher east coast side uh, or the Atlantic side, we saw plenty of those turtle nests. That's uh, right. Right. So, yes. Yeah. And, you know, before I was an ethical vegan, uh, I, there was a trip that I made to Costa Rica long ago where there was a leatherback turtle laying her eggs. And you pay for this experience. And they wanted someone that could speak Spanish to translate. So I was there with the rest of the group. And I remember there was a light flashlight, just enough to kind of see the the turtle laying her eggs. And we kept our distance and we just watched her and she she works hard for hours, not only to get to the spot on the beach to lay her eggs, but then to excavate and create a nest to lay her eggs. It's a lot of work for her. And now that I'm an ethical vegan, I just kind of feel like we need to leave them alone. Don't disturb them. You know, they where we stay at the resort, there aren't in. Uh, there's not a lot of light pollution. And then we also don't want to go to the beach flashing our phones or flashlights because then you scare the turtles away. Um, So that's one way that you want to respect nature. Yeah, they do have laws now. I mean, I think uh, to protect the turtles and you're not supposed to disturb them when they're coming up on the beach. It is a little bit of a problem because they built all this tourist area with dozens and dozens of hotels and then thousands of people there. Uh, uh, you know, in the same place that the turtles come up and, and do their nesting and laying their eggs. But uh, I think they've done a great job of creating a conservation service uh, to go and preserve and protect the, the baby turtles. Yep, exactly. Uh, just a couple of other things that I enjoyed about the Isla. There are other things that you could have done. Uh, there's the local cuisine. Now, I... Don't know how I knew this. Oh, we use the app Happy Cow to look up vegan plant-based options on the mm-hmm. island. Yep. And while we didn't really see a fully vegan restaurant on the map, because remember, not all the content on Happy Cow is updated. I mean, they have thousands and thousands of restaurants throughout the world that people document and upload. And we found two that there were two on the map in the app that were not there physically. They had shut down or relocated. However, we found one little strip, and I don't know how to describe it or if there's a name. I would call it like the restaurant district where the carts, the golf carts cannot go through. Um, It's just one street and the restaurants are sort of hidden, but lots of restaurants with lots of plant-based options. Almost every single restaurant had something for us to eat, which was really nice. Yeah. You know, I think that's ref- kind of reflective of it, uh, an overall change I've noticed uh, in the area. If I, if we go back six or seven years ago, you know, let's talk pre-pandemic, mm-hmm. it was actually difficult for us to find plant-based and vegan options. Uh, there certainly weren't any uh, completely vegan restaurants. Now, in, and in Cancun, now there's 
I think there's eight or nine fully vegan restaurants. And then, but not only that, in Cancun, what I notice is that almost everywhere you go, there there is, uh, if not a fully vegan menu, there's definitely vegan options on the there. I wasn't worried about Isla Mujeres uh, because I looked it up ahead of time on uh, Happy Cow, uh, and I looked up vegan and vegan options uh, and vegetarian, and there were at least uh, I would say fifteen restaurants. Uh, that offered something. So I knew that we wouldn't have a hard time finding someplace to eat. And it was scattered all over the island. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so, yeah, I think uh, two restaurants we tried out were not there. And, and that's probably, you know, a little bit of the kind of the problem with uh, uh, Happy Cow in the sense that if restaurants aren't visited too often, uh, then the last, the last time, you know, I think either one of those had something was a few months ago. And in the ensuing few months, they, they, they're not there anymore. Uh, but uh, anyway, I was really happy. Uh, mm-hmm. with the with the options we had. And, you know, the the meals were great. Yeah, I agree. And one thing that I would encourage you listeners, if you do use the Happy Cow app, uh, I, what I tend to do is I photograph all of my meals everywhere I go when I'm eating out. And then you can upload those photos to the restaurant that is listed on Happy Cow. If it's not listed, you can actually be like a contributor and add it to the to the um, app. And that way you're helping all of us. We're helping each other to find healthy options. And we're also encouraging the restaurants to keep offering these options for us so that we can also enjoy their environment. Uh, so there are lots of things to do at Isla. Obviously, if you enjoy shopping, we don't go to Cancun to shop. <laughs> but there's lots of shopping in Cancun and Isla. Lots of places where you can buy jewelry. And, and if you like to party, there's that as well. We are more of the the people that look for opportunities to relax and we enjoy sunsets. And out of all the days we were there at Isla Mujeres, that was the one place where we actually watched a sunset. Yeah, uh, I'll tell you one of the things I one of the reasons I wanted to do the uh, Isla Mujeres trip is because I knew uh, that there's facing back towards the West Coast or the the mainland, you could watch a sunset. Uh, And there's actually one of the beaches we went to is called Playa del Sol beach of the sun. Mm. And I think it's got that name because you get to watch the sunsets. Whereas in Cancun, watching the sunsets, you're actually looking back over land. Uh, here, you're looking over the water. And we got a really wonderful sunset this time. We, we lucked out. Uh, despite the weather and the rain, uh, we picked the right day. Yes, I was really happy. And I took a selfie stick because I wanted to be able to film both of us watching the sunset. Um, And so please, you know, this week, follow us on our social media, because I have a lot of videos that I'm going to be uploading this week. I love when I get a chance when I'm not so busy. I love putting together reels on Instagram. And reels are like short, uh, vertical videos. Uh, But it's a way that I can reminisce on moments that we've really enjoyed. And I remember as soon as the sun went down, I turned around 180 and there was the moon, the full moon. I couldn't believe it. It was just such a beautiful thing. What I'd like to say about it is that tell everybody kind of what a day would look like, because I think that's really important. What I did was I actually searched ahead of time and said, okay, how do you spend a day trip to Isla Mujeres? So, you know, uh, Isla Mujeres back in the old days was just a a little destination. It was very quiet. Actually, today, it's very different than it was for me 15 years ago when I went. Now it's actually very developed. Uh, lots of restaurants, hotels and resorts, lots of stores and shopping. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it probably kind of reminds me of 
a cruise stop uh, right. yeah, at a port. Uh-huh. And then there's this, they, they kind of have this entertainment area for the tourists. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to go too far. Well, that's what this looked like. But anyway, the, what, what the day was for us and what I kind of planned is I knew that we were going to take the ferry over from Cancun, which is a fixed price round trip. It's either 20 or $28, depending on which ferry you take. Um, and there's, you know, you can, one ferry service works from 7am to 11pm. So you have a really long day if you want to do it. Uh, another one was from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. The one ferry service, you have to go out 45 minutes away. And there's several ferry services that are right there in the hotel district. So you have that access. It, would you mind telling them about this one that we took? Because it's a newer one and yeah. very comfortable. Yeah. So the, the the old traditional ferry is called Ultramar. And uh, and they do have some that come out of the hotel district. But the one that goes 7 to 11 is out of Puerto Juarez, which is in Centro. Uh, so it's a little bit of a drive away. Uh, so we took and then someone suggested the new service. This was called Eshkaret Sailing uh, with it with an X Eshkaret Sailing. Again, not sailing, but Zailing with an X. Funny way to spell it, but they're just going in consistent mm-hmm. with their name. And uh, it's a it's a newer service and it's nicer boats. And it's a, it was easier for us because it's a very short drive to their mm-hmm. ferry site. Right. And so we didn't have to go all the way into town. So anyway, we took the ferry across and we took an early ferry so we could spend most of the day. And the first thing we did was rent a golf cart mm-hmm. so that we would have the golf cart. And, you know, there's, uh, you know, be careful. There's uh, right out the, you know, the, the guys hitting you up right when you walk off. We're charging two to three times as much as what if you just walk a hundred yards in, uh, the other guys are charging mm-hmm. for the same thing. So, you know, they're, uh, you know, be, you can be smart. What we did is we stopped five or six different people and asked them their prices. So I, st- I started to get an idea of what the price would be for a day. So we rented a golf cart. And then the first thing we did is went and found a nice place to have uh, a late morning brunch. And then the other ideas are then you, the, the whole reason to get the golf cart is so you can drive the island. We drove, uh, there's a nice circle that's part, you know, it's very easy to do. And we went all the way to the south side and saw Punta Sur, which is uh, the south point of the island. Along the way, we saw the area of Musa, which is the underwater museum, which we're going to talk more about. Mm-hmm. We saw all the sites, kind of, so to speak. And then we drove back on the east side. The, the drive down was on the west side, uh, the inland side, and then the drive back was uh, on the coastal or Atlantic side, which was kind of, uh, you know, scenic with bigger waves. And that's where we saw the turtle nests. And, and we even had a our golf cart breakdown, which we had to deal with for a little while. Mm. Uh, so be prepared for that. These are not the newest things. And then we drove back to the north side where we went to a beach. What I liked about that, that beach on the north, Playa Norte, I got to walk out about a quarter mile uh, and the water was still only... Uh, as high as my waist. Mm-hmm, and that was mm-hmm. kind of fun because uh, beautiful clear turquoise water, which you could see through. And I walked a quarter mile out, which was a lot of fun for mm-hmm. me. You know, so we enjoyed the beach and then we went and ate dinner. Then we went to Playa del Sol for the sunset. So, you know, we kind of mm-hmm. had a an itinerary set up there. And there's other things you can do. You can do shopping. Um, if you wanted to stay the night, you can stay in a resort. You know, there's even things like uh, all sorts of activities. There's even massages on the beach, which I thought I might do, uh, mm-hmm. but we ran out of time. Yeah. Oh, speaking of massages on the beach, another thing that you might be interested in, if you're planning on doing what we did, which is take a ferry to the island to enjoy the beaches. Of course, we take a change of clothes, but there are public showers if you want to rinse off that, you know, the saltiness of the ocean uh, and some of the sand. You have to take, I think you said that they do not allow shampoo or soap, uh, so you can only rinse off. But, you know, and there is a fee for that. I forgot how many pesos, like 40 pesos or 20? 20 pesos each. 
each for the shower. And then if you want to use that restroom, I think it's 20 pesos. Yeah. I, the, the bath, the bathroom and the, and the shower is 20 pesos. Yeah. And, can, uh, and, and that's, that translates to a little bit over a dollar. Yeah. So right now the dollar is at about, it changes every day. It can change, but it's about 15 or 16 pesos to the dollar. So that sort of gives you an idea. And on my Instagram, when I did a little tour of the grocery store, I made sure to film the prices uh, so that you can, you know, calculate and figure out how much things cost at the grocery store. But, uh, you know, and also if you have someone that can speak Spanish, that's a huge advantage because um, people that speak English get charged a different fee. I mean, that's just a thing. In, uh, in Mexico, at least. I don't know about other places. Yeah, I'd say be an informed consumer because uh, the vendors are going to try to get as much as they can for things. Yeah. So that was our day. Let's move on to another adventure. Now, uh, I'm going to give you an option of which one you want to do next. We did scuba dive Musa. That's an underwater museum. And then we also saw this wonderful performance, a Cirque du Soleil show, which I love. I'm a huge fan of Cirque du Soleil. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll talk about scuba and you talk about Cirque du Soleil. All right. Okay. Let's move on to the next adventure, Musa. Yeah. So um, I'm a I'm a big scuba diver. I haven't dived as much lately as I'd like. You know, I think the pandemic kind of put, put a damper on some of that. But uh, uh, I thought a different activity that we could do was uh, scuba diving. And, and so I looked for some different activities and uh, Musa was one of them, which I had never uh, done before. I've done dozens and dozens of dives in Cancun and Cozumel over my lifetime, but had never done Musa, which started in 2009. So, and since I haven't done so much diving lately, I, I understand. So I was going to, you know, try to set up a couple of dives for us. Uh, mm -hmm. But Musa was a great starting dive since you're recently certified and not that experienced. I mm -hmm. thought, what a great dive because it's only 30 feet deep um, and uh, yet very interesting. And uh, and then we were going to dive a cenote if we had more time uh, or, or the inclination, mm -hmm. uh, but we never got around to that. But Musa uh, is a uh, is an area of shallow water between Cancun and Isla Mujeres. It's actually closer to Isla Mujeres. And uh, the water uh, ranges from snorkeling depth to about 30 feet deep. And what they've done is uh, various uh, artists, uh, along with uh, an ecological or conservative uh, group, uh, have sunk 500 statues mm. over, uh, over an area. And the idea here was to kind of create this uh, uh, interesting area where the, the statues then become a source to recreate the reef. Um, and so all of these statues now that have been down there for over a decade, 15 years now, really almost have lots of coral growing on them. So mm -hmm. it's a good way to, uh, stimulate coral growth. And what I was really happy about was that the coral was all alive. Um, and I've got lots of concerns about that because of the increasing temperature of our oceans. Um, a lot of coral is being killed. Um, and right now I was really concerned because in off the coast of Southern Florida and in the Florida Keys where the water temperature was hitting over a hundred degrees, um, the, the, the coral is being killed. So we, we, uh, we got to see a lot of coral, a lot of sea life. It stimulated a lot of sea life in the area. Um, we saw lobster and puffer fish and, uh, a few various other things. And, and, and it was nice. Uh, I think the visibility was a little bit limited probably because of the, uh, uh, kind of the, the brewing, uh, tropical storms and things like that, but it wasn't bad. Uh, you know, we could see 50, 60 feet. It was beautiful and the colors were vibrant. And, mm -hmm. um, uh, and so we did two dives, uh, mm -hmm. in the afternoon and, uh, and they were just wonderful. 
Yeah, I enjoyed it. I do have a little bit of a fear scuba diving only because I have I've been out of practice. And so what I think encouraged me a little bit initially, and we did use scuba uh, Cancun, I think it's the company. Yeah, yeah, there's, a, there's quite a few reputable groups, I would, if you're going to dive out of Cancun or anywhere in Mexico, I would go with a group that's been around for a while. That's right. And that's one of the things that you do is you do the research. And so we we found a nice company, Scuba Cancun, that actually does like an introductory course at a pool that they have there at their training center. So I saw that there were about three local, they look like Mexican um, individuals. And so I kind of went up to the ladies and asked, you know, about their experience. And they said, no, we're, we're just learning right now. And now we're going out to Musa. And so that made me feel better because I am certified and they're not. And so I, I said, well, if they feel okay, but I think it's the practice, you know, getting back into the practice of multitasking as you're entering the water, everything from remem- remembering to kind of uh, let air off your BCD, your regulator in your mouth um, and breathing in and out of your mouth and then remembering to kind of be calm and allow yourself to kind of drop. And, you know, there were a lot of different things like that. But uh, anyway, I just was adding my two cents about it. I, I loved it. We also had a photographer down in the water photographing us and filming us. So we'll be releasing that content on our social media as well. And so I was so focused on making sure I was doing everything right so that I wouldn't have any incidents, any complications that I didn't even notice he was filming a certain time. So one time (laughs) you reached out to let me know, hey, let's pose for a photograph. And so I wish I had done a better job of that. But I think with more time, more experience, I'll feel more comfortable with that. Yeah, certainly. I mean, I think it's just something we have to do more often and regularly. And uh, yeah, I even I even took my GoPro, my underwater GoPro, but I didn't take it down with us uh, because I didn't want to be distracted for my first dive in a year. Uh, just so everybody knows, because we called it Musa, but we didn't tell you what that means. In Spanish, Musa means Museo Subacuatico de Arte. So that means Subaquatic Museum of Art. And But in short, that's Musa, M-U-S-A. It's so beautiful. We saw figurines. It's almost like a community of people underwater standing, people from all walks of life, different body shapes, facing different directions, doing different things. One guy was like at a piano. Another uh, figurine was like at a bar. Um, we saw a Volkswagen. Was that an actual Volkswagen? It was a real Volkswagen. Yeah, That's right. You know, we had a guide that was leading us because they help you keep track of time. They're just making sure everything that you're safe. And he would tell me from time to time he was signaled to come look at this, come look at that. And I'm like, I'm okay. I'm good. I'm okay. Just I'm here. But diving is very meditative. The whole breathing in and out of your mouth and conserving your energy and all of that is very, a very deliberate experience. So when you come out, uh, you feel good. You mm-hmm. feel very zen-like. Yeah. I mean, you're entering a different world, a world that we don't see very much of. And so it's a really different experience. Oh, yeah. it's beautiful. We took some photographs. And I want to say from there, one of the things that we did for Scuba Cancun is we Ubered. We took a, a, a rather than driving to the location because you kind of have to figure out where you're at sometimes. Parking is not always available or easy. Uh, so we just headed back. I think we went straight to, what did we do? We went to have a meal or we went straight to the pool after scuba diving. I think we went back down to the hot tub after that. 
just yeah. to relax. Yeah, it was really nice. And, and now after we did this dive, now I'm excited. And by the way, one of the things that I want to mention in case you are interested in learning how to scuba dive or you're wondering how do they do it as vegan people is that we prior. So when Riz says that we had two dives, they were literally back to back. We had like we we dove one area for about how long? Since it was a shallow dive, we got about 45 minutes. Of- the first Yeah, both times. In between, I did have a wrap. I didn't eat prior to the first dive just because I wanted to see how I was feeling. And then for the second one, I just ate a little bit of something, um, but no problem in terms of even diving. You know, you can tell that some of those divers were eating as well in between. So because you get hungry. Yeah, diving is uh, does take some energy expenditure. It is actually recommended that you eat something light between dives, Mm -hmm. not heavy. So a light wrap or a lot of people eat fruit and then also have some water yeah. uh, to stay hydrated. So now if you're feeling seasick or something, you probably don't want to do that. For most people, once they're experienced divers, they do snack in between dives. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to Cirque du Soleil. This one we tried to see last year, last time we were in Cancun and it was sold out. This year, we planned carefully. <laughs> I think before we left. We... Oh, yeah. I was uh, <laughs> I was planning this before. I was not going to miss it again. Oh, my God, you guys, like, I would really recommend this if you can afford it. And if you enjoy it, I don't know, when I looked up some information, it said it could last two to three hours. I don't actually remember how much time we were there. Uh, because it was so captivating. But I will give you a little bit of the description that I found online. And then we can talk about it. Okay, so Hoya by Cirque du Soleil combines culinary and performing arts in an intimate theater setting to engage the audience's five senses. Now, had I known about the five senses, I would have paid more attention because I didn't know that part. Drawing on Mexico's history and heritage, Joya tells the story of an alchemist and his granddaughter embarking on a quest to uncover the secrets of life. Joya takes residency exclusively at the Cirque du Soleil Theater at Vedanta Riviera Maya. I think Vedanta is the name of the resort right across the street, and they must be the ones that built the uh, uh, the theater. Yes, exactly. I kind of had to look this up. Like, what do you mean by the five that multi sensory experience? So the sight, the visual aspect of Joya is one of its key features. The show features stunning and elaborate set designs, intricate costumes, and breathtaking virtual effects. And by the way, I remember a lot of the things that stood out were how involved we felt as the audience when some of the performers came closer or some of the sets were like in front of our eyes, like when you can tell it, there was an underwater experience and the curtains were coming close to us to kind of feel like you're in the ocean. Yeah. You know, uh, so yeah, it was an interact, almost not really interactive, but there was, you know, it's a very, actually a much smaller theater than I expected, which meant it was much more intimate. So it's not like you were sitting in these nosebleed seats where you're just watching this small speck of a performance a long ways off. Uh, every seat in the in the theater is a good seat. So that was one thing I worried about ahead of time, you know, uh, and I was like, oh my goodness, do I want to pay for the several hundred dollar seats that were up close or uh, do I pay for the cheap seats in back? And um, as it turns out, there, you know, certainly the, the seats up front are more involved, but there's not really a bad seat. So um, if you're on a budget, you can actually see this and enjoy it. Absolutely. The music was happening before we entered and you can, you know, at some point talk about the different levels of packages that were available. So some people had access to the theater like much 
like an hour before we did because they included the culinary experience. Um, but, you know, you you come in and performances are already happening. The vocals uh, music is going on, which was a lot of fun. And then there's the whole culinary experience that we didn't partake in because they didn't have, we felt, I think you say you found a plant-based option, mm-hmm. but we didn't feel that it would have been worth worth it for us for the amount that it costs. But I'm going to throw in here since we're talking about food uh, that I wish I had prepared um, because there are two different things. When you first come in, when you first enter the premises, after you park, you come in, you have the opportunity to be photographed uh, with different backgrounds and also wearing like butterfly wings and all of that. And so had I known that, I would (laughs) have... I would have prepared for that, but I didn't know that. And then you can be with your partner if you're doing that. So they have all these packages that they present and then you move along. So Riz and I had not really planned for dinner. I think we had talked about maybe having dinner after the performance. And then you go through what feels like two types of restaurants before you get to the actual theater. So there's one that's sort of a bar, like a circular bar with these beautiful sitting areas, like in the garden, sort of. Mm -hmm. And uh, I noticed in in the menu that they had a vegetarian option. And so I just was like, oh, I thought there weren't any options for us. Okay, so we sit down and I immediately order like a non-alcoholic drink. And I ask her about, you know, I tell her we're vegan, plant-based, what options do you have? And she told us about her tacos and a couple of other things. And we enjoyed our dinner. I call that a dinner, but we really enjoyed our meal. Yeah, it was really, I, I mean, I did a lot of research ahead of time. And it was very hard to know all this stuff. In fact, so that was a complete surprise to me. Um, you know, it, the, when you buy your tickets online, uh, it's different packages. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you, I can tell people about those packages if you want me to and explain them in a second. But nowhere in the website did it talk about the fact that there was a bar and a restaurant on site where you could actually eat ahead of time. Uh, and we sat at the bar uh, and, and they had small plates and that's what we had. Mm-hmm. But then there was also a restaurant next to it where we could have had dinner too. And there was some vegetarian options, which we could have veganized. Mm-hmm. Um, and those were not a part of the packages. And, uh, you know, so there was, there, you know, there's more, more to it than what meets the eye. And, uh, you know, Certainly, if we had known all that, we, you know, we could have planned a little bit differently. Yeah. Let's tell the listeners the prices and the packages that you found, because in the past we've tried, for example, when we go to Luau's, we do the same thing. Luau's are expensive. You know, when you go to uh, Hawaii, a Luau can cost a hundred plus. And then if you combine that with a meal, it can be even more expensive. And so as people who are plant-based, you know, vegan, um, our, our world shrinks a little bit more and we don't really feel like it's worth paying another hundred dollars or so for a meal, for example. But tell us what those packages look like, because later on when we did enter the theater, we saw that there was champagne service at some of the tables and we saw that the meals were coming out of like suitcases and books that were aligned with that whole theatrical performance of the show. Yeah. So I'll try to summarize this quickly and easily. But again, it was it was a lot of research to figure all this out. It just wasn't really clear and evident mm-hmm. from their website. But there's tiered uh, seating and costs. And then based on what package you buy, your seat's better. So the best package is uh, a, the dinner and show. 
And th- that puts you at some tables up front, um, like dinner tables. And that was close to $225, $230 a person. Mm. And so, and then the, the lowest level was just the show only. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that ticket was about $125 a person. Mm-hmm. So you were paying close to about $100 for the meal. Mm-hmm. per person. And I think the meal was a part of the experience. And and then in between were a couple of different things. There was champagne service. So it was the show in champagne. And so for two people, they, they would bring a bottle in between. And they also had, it looked like chocolates and things like that to go with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was one other level, which is just uh, above the uh, champagne level, but below the dinner level. And, you know, so I, you know, I, w- I would have loved to have done the, the dinner and show, um, it would have gotten us the best seats and a meal and a, a whole whole experience. Also, the other thing is they let you in at tiered times. If you're doing the dinner and show, you get to go in an hour early. That's when they serve you the dinner. And there's also a pre-show going on. So you get to enjoy that. If you're just doing the champagne and show, you go in about 30 minutes early to start enjoying that. And then what we ended up was just the show only. And we got to go in about 20 minutes early. And nothing on the website said that there was a, a it talked didn't tell you what the meal was or what your options were. There was no way to select and pay for a ticket and choose a plant-based option. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually through a third-party site, when I was reading reviews, I found out that you could request a vegan meal, but you had to call them ahead of time. Mm-hmm. First, you had to purchase your tickets. Then you had to call them and get a hold of somebody, and then request your your vegan meal. And I wasn't willing to spend the two hundred and thirty or forty dollars and not knowing what I was going to buy. Right. And, and 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 then you know, since it was so close to Playa del Carmen, you and I have been there before, and we had our favorite places in Playa del Carmen. I thought it was just going to be more fun for us to have the show and then go to Playa del Carmen afterwards, which is what we did. Yep. Uh, and uh, But I will tell you, if you want to do the dinner and show, there is a plant-based option. Yeah. Okay, great. That's that's good that you mentioned it. And also, there was the confusion about what time does the show actually start? So the concierge yeah. at our resort told us one, uh, one time, and then someone else, or maybe in reviews, you saw a different time. And then when we arrived, we were like, oh my God, we still have two hours before the show starts or something like that. Yeah. Well, the ticket says 6 p.m. When I'm buying the ticket, the concierge tells me, it, no, no, it's really 7. And I was like, okay, well, I don't want to show up at 6.30 and be late uh, and and miss it because the ticket says 6 o'clock. Yeah. So it was very hard to know. Yeah. And, and no one on any of the reviews said anything about that. Uh, so as it turns out, we got there about 5.45 just to be safe. Yes, indeed. The ticket said six, but the show didn't start till seven. Yeah. Well, but you know what? At the time went fast and we still had the small plate to have with a non-alcoholic drink. It it was a great venue. There's, you know, a waterfall and a lake and, and the, and the pretty bar and the, and the food and the restaurant. And then Mm -hmm. all the fun we, you know, we did the photography, even though we didn't buy any pictures, but the, you know, they, (laughs) one of them was just uh, posing in front of us, uh, kind of a, a sculpture and carving, but the other one was a green screen and, uh, yeah, with, uh, with the trapeze kind of thing. And, um, and so when we saw all the pictures, it was kind of fun because it really looked like we were in the air and doing different <laughs> tricks and things like that. So it was so much yeah. fun. I loved it, but so, I found them to be too expensive. So I said, no, we don't need those photos. <laughs> so, you know, so the time went quickly. There was plenty to do. If you love to take photos and, you know, uh, take a selfie stick, I took a selfie stick, no problem setting it up while we'll, while we were having our small plate at the bar and we weren't sitting at the bar, it, we were sitting within that space off to the side, like in a little ga- kind of a garden, beautiful area there. So lots to photograph, lots to enjoy. And I'm going to go back to that uh, sensory 
experience that the show offered, which is very different from any other Cirque du Soleil show that I've gone to. So we we touched on, you know, the sight, the sound and the culinary experience. And then there's the smell. So throughout the show, there were scents and aromas that were strategically introduced to enhance the audience's immersion. And the scents are carefully chosen to match the scene and evoke specific emotions or memories related to the storyline. I don't know if you caught that. But every once in a while, there was that sense of freshness, like, mm, just something smells nice. The Mm. sense of smell is used to transport the audience to different settings and enhance the overall experience. And then touch, the tactile perception. Uh, While Joya primarily engages the first four senses, the sense of touch may not be as prominent in the production. However, the overall comfort and tactile experience of the theater, the seating, the dining arrangements can contribute to the overall enjoyment of the show. And I will tell you, that I love the sitting part of it where it was just so comfortable. It's one of those theaters that you rarely sit in or experience. Uh, it's not like a regular movie theater or regular um, theatrical kind of show. I loved it. I came out, oh my gosh, in the bathrooms. Oh mm-hmm. my goodness. I wish I had taken my camera into the bathroom. They look like spa bathrooms. Yeah. Yeah. Just amazing. The show was fantastic. And, you know, it was kind of wonderful, fantastical, magical, fantasy-like. And it wasn't kind of the typical Cirque du Soleil I'm used to with a lot of aerial trapeze acts and, you know, things like that, people spinning in the air. Um, But there were a a lot of very interesting uh, uh, parts to it. uh, Yeah. And I really enjoyed it. You know, it's. I agree. I wished I had looked up the storyline before. Because I usually, it's like going to the opera. Unless you look up the story, you have to kind of guess what's happening. And I I did realize, I mean, I put two and two together, grandfather, granddaughter, or at least scientists, like a mad scientist and, and the young girl, and they're exploring life. There was one particular one that really touched me, and that was the twin like brothers that were doing more of the acrobat kind of on the, uh, what are these called? The ropes that, or the big cloths that they're spinning from yeah, and coming down there's out a, of the air. Yeah, there's a name for those. I don't remember. But that was the the sound of the music and the movement. It was very, kind of a very touching moment because there was this message that they were sending out through their performance, which was probably my favorite. I was even sitting there going, is there a way I can do a review on just them? Mm-hmm. Like, can I just say that they were awesome. So you were talking about food and how after Cirque du Soleil, we headed to our favorite pizza joint in Playa del Carmen. Yep. Coral vegan pizza. Yes. It's, uh, oh my God, I love their food. Um, They mainly have pizza and empanadas. That's what we had. Yeah. And then they had some nice uh, fruity drinks and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. And so if you ever get a chance to go to Playa del Carmen, which has a lot more vegan options, this one, uh, Coral Vegan, is a fully vegan restaurant. And uh, we really like them. So we decided every year that we're in the area, we'll visit them. Yeah, that's I guess it's becoming a tradition. I'm just going to go down a a list of other things that we did or places that we enjoyed just because um, we just wanted to give you some highlights of our trip. We really loved it. So this time around, we did not have a problem eating. And the reason we're even spending this much time talking about our experience is because we're vegan and we don't drink alcohol. And typically people go to Cancun to have a party, a good time to uh, enjoy all all those things. And so we found the pink coconut 
which is a mother and son venue, owned venue. Uh, So the mother owns the salon and you have to go through the salon part of it to get to the restaurant, which is owned by the son. And it's called the Pink Coconut and it's a health bar. So lots of great healthy options. It's mainly vegan, vegetarian, Uh, no meat. You just have to ask for the cheese not to be added or dairy added to some of the meals. But uh, I, I really like that place. They had delicious wraps and other things like that. So that was a great experience. Tacos. Yep. And then they had a whole selection of smoothies. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Great smoothies. Um, okay. And then another beautiful restaurant we enjoyed was Taboo Cancun. Mm-hmm. Taboo is a chain. They had it at Isla Mujeres. Yeah, we saw the sign for it. Absolutely. Yeah, I think they have one in um, in Mexico City, probably. You just have to look it up. It, but... would, it wouldn't surprise me if they had one in Playa del Carmen also. The concierge had recommended this to us. I had I had contacted her before we even got there, and I told her I'd like them to create a list of places uh, that are close by that have vegan options. And so she did a search on TripAdvisor. Uh, apparently that's what they use the most in Mexico. You know, when, you, when you're in different places, like, you know, we have Yelp and TripAdvisor here and some other things, but apparently that's very popular there. So they, she used TripAdvisor plus, plus using actually one of the other concierges was also vegan. And so she compiled a list for us and, and Taboo uh, was on the list. Mm-hmm. And when we looked at it and looked it up, it was like, okay, let's try it. Oh, gosh, yes. So this restaurant, I don't know how long it's been in that hotel zone. So Taboo is a unique space, a meeting point between simplicity and sophistication, where food becomes an object of art and a transcendent experience. You enjoy its bohemian and uh, elegant decor, live happenings, as well as signature cocktails with original recipes and natural infusions. Taboo is the ideal place to celebrate life, great moments and simplicity of life, but with much style. The whole experience was beautiful. It was, we sat right along the lagoon mm-hmm. that on the other side of the island. So you have, you know, the these beautiful kind of lanterns yeah. that were swaying back and forth because it's an open concept kind of a restaurant, candlelit. Yeah. Then there was a marina behind us. A marina. It's also sort of like a hookah lounge. And I oh, said yeah. Yeah. that this restaurant has different kind of elements and areas. So whether you're just interested in going in to have a drink, there's a bar. Whether you're on a date or you're with a group in a group setting, there's a, you sit like with a lower table on a couch and yeah. enjoy a hookah with your friends. So there's so many elements and components to this experience that Taboo offered. Yeah, it was an amazing ambiance. It was a uh... Uh, dimly lit with candles and stuff, but it was very nice, and the decorative style was great. It really portrayed a kind of a nice lounge style, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, it's de- definitely intimate, certainly not a cold, sterile environment, and there were many characters dressed up in white and different things like that, maybe to look a little more like Greek or Roman mm-hmm. goddesses and things like that, and they did have definite distinct vegan options on the on the menu, mm-hmm. uh, and they even had some vegetarian options which you can make vegan as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it wasn't that hard for us to find some stuff. And I'll tell you, my meal was fantastic. Uh, it was, you know, I I kept, I kept telling Maya that I had just as good or better meals, vegan meals, at the traditional restaurants as I did going to the vegan restaurants while mm-hmm. we were there. Oh my gosh, I love mine too. So I had cauliflower risotto, which it's uh, it actually had the rice, 
along with cauliflower, but it was so nicely, almost like blanched. The cauliflower is so tender and so delicious. Uh, and I huge plate. We actually had to take our plates home. Like, how? Yeah. Because <laughs> we I don't had, eat that much. I had a mushroom parpadel, mm-hmm. uh, if I said that correctly, or you guys can let me know if I said that wrong. But And it also had cauliflower in it, and it was also well-prepared. And it was a white sauce. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was tasty. Um, and I had to cut that parpadel like, uh, with using a knife because it's not like eating, you know, traditional pasta. And so it was very satisfying. And I, I, I had, it was a big dish and I had to stop myself. I, I wanted to eat more, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be rolled out of there. So I didn't finish my dish. Yeah. 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 Overall, I had such a great time. Everywhere we went, if I was craving a non-alcoholic drink, no problem. Uh, You know, sin alcohol is how you say it in Spanish. But uh, I had, you know, a simple mojito most of the time when I was at the pool, which is just basically uh, a carbonated drink with uh, mint leaves and lime. And that's a, and maybe a little bit of the syrup to flavor it, but no problem. I'm making you a delicious drink that doesn't have alcohol. And overall, I mean, I just had such a great time. I felt like we had a perfect combination or balance of physical activity and downtime. And then we made the most out of the good weather we had initially. And then towards the end, we had about three days of like overcast, a little bit of of rain. I'll just say real quick about the resort. I did take um, probably two days before we left, I filmed everything. There's a tennis court that now has pickleball there. There's, uh, I've never done the golf, uh, like the miniature golf there. They have ping pong table. um, And then of course, we pampered ourselves one of those days, one of those weather days. Yeah. A rainy day activity was uh, we went to the spa. This was my first time doing a massage there. And so you get the massage, you can go into the jacuzzi. So then that's where you have to prepare and take like a swimsuit if you want to experience the jacuzzi. Um, And then, you know, you get your massage and afterwards you can sit in the hot sauna. You can sit in the steam sauna, take a nice shower you have an attendant there that's taking care of you, guiding you, making sure you, you can blow dry your hair. I mean, just such a nice experience I had. Yeah, it was great. And so, again, for us, it was a one of those rainy day activities. So we uh, just took our time. I did. I went to the dry sauna. I went to the steam sauna. I got the massage. And I went in, you know, after again um, because I was in no hurry to go out, you know, into the rain. Yeah. Uh, and it was, a you know, just a really fun time. Yeah. I just had a really good time. I needed this vacation. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We've taken so much of your time. We were actually, it's always nice to go down memory lane and revisit a trip. Uh, Like I said, I'm going to be going through the videos and the photographs and sharing that on our social media. So mine is at Healthy Lifestyle Solutions. And then Dr. Riz is at Dr. That's D-R underscore R-I-Z underscore B-U-K. H-A-R-I. And also, if you want to join our newsletter, uh, just simply download this really beautiful 20-page guide on how to prevent cardiovascular disease that Dr. Riz put together. And just go to bit.ly forward slash join Dr. Riz. All right, everyone. Hope you enjoyed our short recap. <laughs> Thank you for listening in today and have a wonderful Labor Day. Have a good time. And always feel free to message us and let us know how you're doing. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
You've been listening to the Healthy Lifestyle Solutions podcast with your host, Maya Acosta. If you've enjoyed this content, please share with one friend who can benefit. You can also leave us a five-star review at ratethispodcast.com forward slash HLS. This helps us to spread our message. As always, thank you for being a listener.